Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Show, don't tell. This is one of the most common pieces of advice bandied about, but it's really vague and not helpful to most writers. Sometimes it's better to show, and sometimes it's better to tell. You don't do one or the other arbitrarily. The question becomes, when is it better for you to show rather than tell? In this episode, I'm going to give you the three main areas most writers tell when they should be showing, and how to convert your telling to showing. And I'm going to give you a quick writing exercise at the end of this episode to drive it all home. So have your pen and paper handy and let's do this. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Panuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. A common question I hear from writers is how to show rather than tell. Now, many writers think they're showing when they're actually telling, and that's because they haven't learned the narrative techniques of showing. So before we dive in, why show? Well, you can tell us everything about your character, but it's going to be meaningless to your reader because it deprives your reader of experiencing your story. Your reader wants to become your main character, not just be told about your character. And your reader also wants to come to his or her own conclusions about your characters. You know, there's more room for interpretation with showing, and that's how the story becomes your reader's own story, because there's a collaboration happening. Now, when a reader collaborates with what's on the page, when they participate in what's on the page, what's in the story, this is what makes your story irresistible. But you can't show everything. Telling does have its place. So why tell? Well, telling when done skillfully can give your reader a sense of a wider life around your characters. It compresses years where nothing significant happens, but also gives us a deeper insight into why your character wants what he or she wants and does what he or she does. And it can slow down the action at relevant points so that the reader isn't sandblasted with nonstop action. 
Now, there are different ways of good telling, and we'll cover that in a future episode. But today, we're going to focus on three main areas I see writers tell when they should be showing and how to know the difference. And I'll also give you some ways to convert telling into showing. Now, when there's too much telling in a story, it boils down to these three major missteps. Number one, plot told as summary or plot told in dialogue. So the plot isn't dramatized in action. The characters aren't acting it out. They're thinking about it. They're talking about what already happened or what will happen or The narrator is giving us a scene in shorthand. It's more like a synopsis than a living, breathing story. So there's more summary than scene. So let's talk about scene versus summary. Scene is a way of showing. Summary is a way of telling. Scene and summary are both ways of treating time in story. Summary is a relatively long swath of time treated in short scope, and it's useful. It can give historical context for your character's present situation, and even summary can feel immediate and rely on sensory details to give it that immediacy. Scene is a relatively short amount of time treated in long scope. It's more in depth. It's where you slow down and probe a moment. It takes place generally in one time in one place. It has a beginning, middle, and an end, and it's a self-contained unit. Now, you can weave summary into a scene. Just know that the summary needs to be relevant to the scene at hand. You want to use scene anytime anything significant happens. It could be a confrontation, a moment of awareness or insight, a turning point. These are moments that demand to be slowed down. Now, often writers skim over the most dramatic events in their story. So you want to slow down, probe the moment, bring concrete details into the scene. So in summary, it's already happened. In scene, it's happening. It's enfolding in front of us. Number two, telling how a character feels. Now, this would be something like when my mother found out my father was having an affair with Aunt Ada, she flew into a rage. Now, it's far better to show her acting out in this rage. So I'm thinking of this great scene in the novel, A Crime in the Neighborhood, where during dinner, the narrator's mother turns to her dad and says, I know that you know that I know. And then she flings his plate like a Frisbee across the room and then starts flinging all the dinner plates against the wall. Now, at this point, we don't know the details. We can infer that there's an affair, but we haven't been told that yet. The details are dispensed slowly. Now, if someone is grieving a death, let's say, you want to show us the small things that embody that loss. You know, it's the small things that break our hearts. John Cheever describes his children's dirty fingerprints on the wall. I'm also thinking of a personal essay I read years ago about a woman grieving the death of her husband and trying to find solace in the idea that when people we love die, they're still around us in some form. 
And then she loses her keys and she demands to her, her, her deceased husband that if he's truly really still around in the ether to find her keys. And she spends months trying to find these keys in desperation to prove that the loss is really not as bad as it's feeling to her. She needs some comfort. So she turns the whole house upside down and keeps demanding that he find her keys, that he present the keys to her. And finally, after months and months, where she's now come to this conclusion that she needs to really deal with the grief, she finds the keys in the most unlikely place. In another story, a man grieves the loss of his wife by eating the cake she made for him right before she died. So every night, he has a slice of the cake until he's down to that final slice. So you don't want to state your character's emotions as fact. The reader can't feel that. So whatever your character is feeling, you want to give it a body, make it physical, reach for metaphors. Now for a deeper discussion on how to capture character emotions onto the page, go listen to episode 13, How to Write for Emotional Impact. I'll link in the show notes. Number three telling in descriptions of settings. I see this a lot. So for example, the day was bleak or it was cold out, etc. You want to give us a sensation of that bleakness. You want to give us the proof, a sensation of the cold. So instead of telling us it was cold outside, let's hear the crunch of snow beneath your character's boots. For example, in Laurie Moore's novel, A Gate at the Stairs, there's several descriptions of cold weather but she describes the snow being so cold, it squeaked like styrofoam beneath her boots. She describes the single clear drops like baubles collecting just inside her nostrils. So don't give us the fact, not the fact that it's raining, as E.L. Doctorow said, but the feeling of being rained upon. Dennis Johnson describes the downpour raking the asphalt and gurgling in the ruts. So instead of saying it's dark in the house, say the detectives beams flashlights down the corridors. You want to go for sensory details. Be specific. Now, when you simply tell us it's dark or it's cold or it's raining, you're directing readers to the conclusions they want to come to themselves. So use sensory details to activate your reader's imagination. Let them collaborate with the words on the page. Okay, so here's the exercise. Introduce a character solely by his or her actions. So instead of telling us that Uncle Phil is the local loan shark, introduce us to him by showing him picking up a bag of loot from the car park on the side of the LIE. Instead of telling us April dreamed of becoming an actress before she married Frank and became a mother, introduce us by showing her on stage in the local high school auditorium in an amateur play and show Frank biting his fist in the back of the auditorium as the play bombs. Show us the play bombing. Show the last minute understudy flubbing his lines. Let's see the stage backdrop crash mid-scene. You get the idea. Show us. So let's recap. 
to convert telling to showing number one, look for significant moments where you might have glossed over or written more like a synopsis or summary. Significant moments are confrontations, turning points, insights, anything that demands to be slowed down. Slow down where it hurts. Probe the moment. Have your characters act it out. Show the scene. Think cinematically here. Now, even though you're slowing down, this does not mean slower reading. It will actually move quicker than summary because the reader will be more engaged, more eager to keep moving down the page. Number two, avoid telling us how your character feels. If they're angry, show them acting that way. What do they do in reaction to what they're mad about? Or reach for objects and details that represent how they feel. And number three, when describing a setting, give us the sensory details. Give us the sensation, not the fact that it's raining, but the feeling of being rained upon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. If this episode resonated for you, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews are key to keeping Writer Unleashed on the top of the charts where other writers can find us. I'll see you next week with a new episode. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free resources, plus writing tips I only share in email, sign up over at nancypinuccio.com. Keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.